Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, the podcast where we recap Illinois sports and football and basketball, the Chicago Bears, and we get to talk to different coaches all over the country and get different interviews. If any of that interests you, please hit the like button, the subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. If you like listening to it in audio form more, it could literally be found wherever you're listening to your podcast, literally anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, literally anywhere. When I say that, I'm not just saying it figuratively, I mean literally. So please, wherever you listen to your podcast, hit the follow button. I know on Apple, if you follow it, it lets you know when a new episode drops. If you can go do all that for me, be really appreciated. Leave it a review. Um, share it out, do all that stuff for me, please, and thank you. Um, I hope if you're watching this on YouTube on the Sunday show, uh, the podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Sports Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com and check all that, all the other podcasts out, on Sundays we have our Belly Up pregame. We're going to go belly up. Uh, the schedule on Sundays, uh, this is all Eastern time, 8 to 9 Eastern time. You have TSS Fantasy, which if you're watching this on YouTube, you just watched TSS Fantasy, so I thank them for welcoming me in. And then from 9 to 10 Eastern time or 8 to 9 Central time where I am, we'll have our Bears pregame or different NFL topics with me. And then right after this show from 10 to 11 Eastern time, you have 4th and four with Zach Kyleman and Kelsey and DJ and the crew. And then from 11 to 12 Eastern time, you've got the Rough Cut Sports Podcast 
or Sportscast, excuse me, they come up right after. And then 12 to 1 Eastern Time, you have MD's Fantasy Football. Uh, this is every single Sunday. So on the YouTube, the video stuff, this is the order you're going to get every Sunday. So coming up after this will be 4th and 4 with Zach Kyle, and Kelsey, and DJ and the crew. Thank you, TSS Fantasy, for uh, bringing me into the show today. Uh, so on audio or video, check that out. Audio. Uh, you've got this, but go check out all that stuff as well. So on Sundays, we are going bail up. It's our belly up pregame every Sunday. Please check all that stuff out. Today's episode, we are going to discuss, um, we're going to recap a little bit of the Chicago Bears and the Steelers. The Chicago Bears do have a bye week, so we are going to discuss what needs to happen with the Chicago Bears going forward, and then we'll discuss other different topics in the NFL, and then I will give you my uh, NFL picks of the week. Uh, but before we get into all that again, thank you for TSS Fantasy for bringing on the video part, the audio part. You know, you have to go find their podcast. Um, but I thank them for welcoming me into the video part. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Bill Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to BillUpSports.com. Check out all the blogs and podcasts there. Um, this podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football uh, and his Back to the Basics book series. He has so many books I cannot keep up with him. Uh, if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, Check out all the books there. I know the very first book, it has over 500 pages, and I have it. He was gracious enough to send me some books to look through. Um, if you're a football coach like me and you're going through your preseason, uh, whenever the preseason takes place, uh, you're going to be looking for drills. You're going to be looking to get better. And with this book, you will literally – or books, because he has back-to-the-basics drills. He has strength and conditioning. He has game planning. He has even notepads for the clinics coming up to take notes on, all that stuff. If you look at all that – You'll never have to look up another drill again. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all that stuff out. Thank you, Coach Stone, for uh, helping me with different things and sponsoring this podcast. Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by the Billy Sports, but they also work with my bookie, Betting Seasons in Full Swing. And you want to make your bets somewhere and you're trying to figure out where. Well, if you go to my bookie and go to mybookie.ag, Use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word. It's going to double your first deposit. So you're wondering how to make a bet on college basketball, your college football, NFL, anything like that, NBA, and you're trying to figure out to get where the best deal is. Right now, if you go to mybookie.ag and use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, it's going to double your first deposit. That's free money. How can you not like free money? You know, like wherever, like this week, you know, a lot of people are looking at, for example, the Mississippi State game. Yesterday in Auburn, you could have made a bet there going into here. What NFL game you want to bet on? So mybookie.ag, code Bailey Fantasy, all one word, you're going to get double your first deposit. And also, this podcast is brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Swift Lifestyles has a clean nutritional drinks um, that you can't get anywhere else. Um, I have the tub of the uh, bubblegum flavored. It's delicious. Um, if you're looking for that if coffee's just not doing it in the morning, you want something different for uh, brain activity, just to have your to be a little bit alert. This is for you. If you're just looking for that midday pick me up, you know, I know in the winter you might want coffee, but as we, you know, we just want to change it up, get a different flavor. Midday pick me up without the crash, anything like that. This has it. You want the drink without all the other crap in it. This is it. So the podcast is brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. If you go to SwiftLifestyles.com, use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word. You're going to get 15% off your order. Um, it comes in a tub of 30 servings. So you're not just buying an energy drink can, which, yeah, they're good and they're delicious. But sometimes you're spending two or three bucks on that. 
and then you got to go buy another one. So this one you're going to spend, you know, not as much money. You're going to get 30 surveyings. And if you use the code Coach Steve Shaw, one word, you're going to get 15% off. So you're saving money right there. So I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Um, so go do that for me, please. And thank you. And real quick, if you're watching the video version, I just want to show you this hat. Um, thanks to Coach Mack. Um, this is his Play Fast Football. He does not sponsor this, but I just want to give him a shout out. Uh, I uh, won this hat. He sent it to me. It's a cool logo, and it's a it, it's very comfortable hat, and it's made by Dome Hats. Um, I also won another one during the season where we had our coaches' hats, um, and they said, and we coached in them all year long, and they are very comfortable. They do not sponsor this at all. I just wanted to give them a shout-out, and Coach Mack, shout-out. Go check out his YouTube channel, Coach Mack, M-A-C. If you're a football coach, it has everything on there. Dome Hats and his Play, play Fast Football. It's a comfortable hat. I'm going to wear it a lot. Very comfortable. They don't sponsor this. This is a shameless plug for them. Um, so diving into today, we'll get – that's all the boring stuff. Uh, dive into the Chicago Bears. Now, Chicago Bears have a bye week, thank God. But we'll recap a little bit of the Steelers. I did not get to that. Um, Coach – or uh, Mr. Zach Kalman is usually on this um, with me. He is not here. We have scheduling. You know, we, we all have lives. You know, it's a little, little hectic out there. I coach basketball, and he has different – he has like seven podcasts he's got to do. Um, and we might get Kelsey from, you know, fourth and four on here. Um, but that's going to be coming later. So we're going to dive in a little bit to the Chicago Bears. Um, what, what can I say? The Chicago Bears had a close game against Pittsburgh Steelers. Me and Zach have been kind of wrong. We've kind of said it was going to be low scoring. Now, we did say, like, a team was going to score in the 20s. Now, they both end up scoring in the 20s, but, you know, we were both kind of wrong there. But the Chicago Bears did not play – fantastic in the first half but then in the second half they kind of you know came alive you know it was 10 to 3 at halftime and uh then the pittsburgh steelers only score six we only score three and then we come alive in the fourth quarter um you know justin fields did take a step forward i think especially in the fourth quarter it looked a lot better but matt Nagy was back and you could kind of see in the first half that the, the reminiscences of him being there we weren't playing as tough as we were, but I thought the defense stepped up. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, again, are not what they were. Yeah, they were averaging so many passing yards. But, you know, I haven't watched the Pittsburgh Steelers from start to finish this year. You just see clips or highlights of anything else. But you could see that Big Ben is not the same. There was times where the pocket broke down. He moved around the pocket, and he was going to pass the ball on us, and he could have taken off. So this is what scares me when we start seeing an athletic quarterback. Now, Big Ben back in the day would have taken off, but he is not the same person that he was. Uh, but, you know, the Bears were – I saw a thing where the Bears were the probably the most annoying fans. The reason why we're probably the most annoying fans is because year in and year out, we except for this year – we get a defense that's top in the NFL, whether it's top six, top eight, which is pretty good. Sometimes we're top four. Uh, sometimes we lead the league in takeaways. And the problem is then we don't go win the Super Bowl when you have this great defense because we don't have an offense all the time that complements it. The last time you kind of did was in 2018 where the offense was doing what it needed to do. Defense did what it needed to do. And then we just had the doink. Um, it was the same thing as the Super Bowl team we had when we went and lost to the Colts. And we had Devin Hester and Rex Grossman and Brian Urlacher and the boys, uh, Peanut Tillman and all of them. It was very similar to that team. And ever since then, the offense just hasn't done its job. Uh, we haven't had a competent head coach. We've had glimpses of it. 
Um, I think that's what frustrates us. You know, there's some teams out there, no offense, like the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and all this stuff where these teams, you could just tell they're constantly not that good. The Bears are always like right there. Not, no, they're not as the top, but they just seem to be competent and make plays, and that's where we, we come in to this. So as the Bears in the first half, we don't play well. Third quarters, now you know you're keeping the Pittsburgh Steelers at bay. You know you're not letting them score, which is good. And the defense has banged up, but Cleo Mack was back, and a couple of them were back, and so we were doing pretty well, and then the offense starts to come alive. Now that first half, you have glimpses of Matt Nagy. They weren't moving the pocket as well. Um, we weren't making the throws we needed to. We did have David Montgomery back, which was big for Justin Fields, I think, because I've said this a million times. When he was at Ohio State, he needs a running game to help him get going. You know, so Pittsburgh Steelers were averaging, like, I believe, 230 yards passing. You know, Big Ben, he was 21 to 30, which isn't bad. We, we gave up 205 yards. He did have two touchdown passes, but he could have, he, he was, we did get to him four times. His QBR wasn't great. Um, but Justin Fields, this was probably, I don't know if it was his best game, but probably it's probably his best game he had, especially when we went into that fourth quarter. He was 17 of 29, 291 yards. Probably, I think that's his NFL career high right there. Um, a touchdown and interception. He got sacked three times. QBR not great, but who really cares? David Montgomery was back. Um, our rush game was not what it was. Um, I was kind of disappointed. I don't know if Herbert is just hurt. I don't know what was going on there. If they, you know, we didn't run the ball as much, so it was kind of hard to tell what kind of offensive game plan at first was going on there. Especially with Matt Nagy coming back, did he? You know, I've said this a million times. Is he putting his nose back where it doesn't belong? Um, David Montgomery, 13 carries, 63 yards. Justin Fields carried the ball eight times himself for 45 yards. Mooney on a jet sweep had 15 yards. And then Herbert only had four carries, 13. So coming into the game, I said a way to really keep the defense on their toes is why don't you line up in the backfield with Justin Fields, uh, David Montgomery, and Herbert. Like that would put a defense in a bind. And you'll start to look like uh, the Baltimore Ravens now. I know they lost to Miami Dolphins, but I'm talking about like last year and the year before where you have, you know, Lamar Jackson, who can th- prove that he can throw the ball, he can take off and run, and then you've got about two or three running backs in the backfield. You have Justin Fields back there, quarterback, Dave Montgomery on one side, and Herbert on the other. You can motion one out. You could fake it and run a speed option the other way. You can motion out run a key screen. You don't even have to line up, si- uh, you know, sidecar. You could have one line up in like a pistol and a king formation where they're side to side. You don't have to just put in an option on the fly, but you're in the NFL. You should be able to do that. But I think that would screw with defenses a lot. Maybe you line up Montgomery out at a wide receiver. You're an empty. Maybe you go to trips and you line them up out there and you have Herbert in the back. Well, they're jet, like, there's so much you could do with those two. They both run the same. I think Dan Montgomery's faster. But I just didn't see a lot of Herbert in there, which I did not like. The running game quite wasn't there. Now it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be hard to run the ball. Uh, but then Justin Fields really stepped up in the pass game, which was huge. Uh, Komet, Cole Komet had a good game, six catches, 87 yards. They got Allen Robertson involved, four catches for 68 yards. They passed around all over the place. Komet, Robinson, Goodwin, Mooney. Jimmy Graham got a catch. Uh, Dave Montgomery caught two passes. So they just passed it all over the place. So, you know, Justin Fields has 291 yards. He did take a step forward. He moved around in the pocket better. Uh, so offensively there – they did well defensively. We just let the Pittsburgh Steelers score every single quarter, you know, seven, seven, six, and nine. Uh, but, you know, the Bears marched down the field, scored, 
and was put into a position to win the game. But we let the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, march down the field. They said they were not worried about coming down, kicking the field goal, and winning the game and everything else. So the Bears are always, again, if you listen to a recent podcast I did, I've talked about Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're, they're so close. And this year, I mean, last year, you know, we made it the wild card and all that stupid stuff. This year, we are close in certain situations like this. So it tells me, how, why are we so close and we're not there? Well, it's a rookie quarterback. Oh, a new defensive coordinator and this and that. Well, that's going to be excuses we are making for Matt Nagy to keep his job. And we've all said a million times, we need a different head coach. We need a different guy. I call him plays. No offense, I kind of wish... Sean Payton and the Saints would split up and we get Sean Payton here. I know some people don't like that because they think that we need a younger head coach and and this and that. I I would could you imagine a Bears offense with the defensive staff we have? Because I think if we get healthy, we have a good defensive play caller. But could you imagine that defensive staff sticking in place? Sean Payton coming in with his staff and doing that on offense. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, but you know, we're always gonna get what we want. But the Bears offense stepped up in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields played a lot better. He took a step forward, uh, better pocket presence. He knew when to take off. He was making good throws. The receivers were getting off of the jams. They were getting open for him. Now, the run game necessarily wasn't there, but you have 131 total rush yards. You're going to take that, especially when you have the, the offensive line that we have. As long as we continue to do the zone runs. Defense, though, we just let him come down kick the field goal. But again, you know, there that opportunities to score before and you put yourself in that situation. Um, you know, I mean we did keep we kept Claypool out of the end zone. We kept Najee Harris out of the end zone. Uh, you know, they only had hundred and five rushing yards. We thought I thought Najee Harris was gonna really destroy us. He had twenty two carries for sixty two yards. So they had to really rely on Big Ben, but Big Ben was taking short passes that they needed to. Um you know, so the Bears again, they're just so close. You just gotta get healthy on defense. Uh, maybe get some, you know, we needed an offensive line, but Justin Fields took a step forward. You know, I've had my opinions on Justin Fields, but he did take a step forward. I can't sit here and deny that one way or the other. Really took a step forward, really did his thing there. Um, you know, you can't really argue it at all. And, you know, there, there there's that. But the big, big talk of this game, and it's all over the internet, was the refs. And I agree, the refs were terrible. And one of the... One of the calls was, you know, the incorrect call, the low block. So here's the problem. You can go after a guy, and the NFL is different. In high school, you can only cut somebody if they start within the tackle box. So from left tackle to right tackle, you know, there's this line drawn. Once you're out to the tight end, outside the tackle, you can't cut anymore. But they have to start within the box. And what I mean by the box is if you drew a box, literally a box, of the feet right behind the feet, offensive lineman from right tackle to left tackle, and comes up and draws a line right behind where the defensive line's feet would be, you can cut them. Now, you can't, like, fire off, dive off, low, and everything like that. It has to be, like, a quick step into their thigh or towards their knee. So that means if the ball snapped and then the linebacker comes from his four- or five-yard depth and comes running up, you can't cut him. If he starts in, like, he starts to walk up like he's going to blitz, he starts off in the box, you can cut him. I know NFL and college is different. I know going into college, they would teach you to kind of dive in front of their feet and not touch them. And that's kind of what you saw here was they did a play action, a run play action. Uh, our offensive lineman was pulling around, dove at the guy's feet, didn't even touch him. 
and they threw a flag saying low block. Well, one, he didn't touch him. Two, he did the rules. Three, the guy started in the box, and when he comes around, he's still in the box in the NFL. So there is a bad call right then and there. And then, then there was a play where, you know, this is where it's kind of bad sometimes to have a running quarterback or a guy that can run, which is not fair to that quarterback. You're, you're punishing them for having athletic abilities to do this. Justin Fields had taken off. He did like this half slide, got hit right up top. Almost not, not quite the hit he took against Clemson, by God, but he took a big hit. And it was a half slide. He was declared a runner. It wasn't a full slide. People complained about that. And I said, listen, it was a half slide. He's got to declare that he's sliding. The defense, you know, he kind of like slid to his butt and then kind of did this thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't definitive to the defensive player that he was sliding. Okay. So leave it. But then, now I'm going to hit myself before that. One of our defensive linemen pushed a Steelers offensive lineman into Big Ben, and they said roughing the passer. Well, that's not roughing the passer. Our defensive guy didn't do anything. And I got pushed into him. So that's not roughing the passer. They call that. Then this half slide happens, and I, I see all over that they should have called this. Well, you know, again, he didn't declare he was sliding. It was a half slide. Well, then he throws the ball standing there. Guy comes in and whams into him, and he falls to the ground. Well, there was no roughing the passer. He was in the pocket. Where was the roughing the passer? I know he runs, but this was not one of those times, so the refs are doing that. Um, I can't remember who was getting tackled. One of our receivers was getting tackled, and his face got ripped over this way, and there was no face mask call, so everybody blew up about that. Um, the defensive pass interference where you have the Steelers wide receiver with his arm like this pushing says pass interference. Well, that's not a call. Um, Raquan Smith offsides. Well, no, he's not. He's behind a defensive lineman, so that doesn't happen. Uh, the big one was, um, the taunting on Marsh. Marsh makes a play. Now this taunting call is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Number one, you're starting, I understand taunting to the extent of like, if you run over to their sideline and you start yelling at them, um, if you go up to them and you're clapping in their face, you go up to them and hit you, like there's certain, certain taunting calls that I understand. But when you make a play, if you're just staring at somebody, is that really taunting? Now, like, if you're standing over them, see, this is where I think you have to get other NFL players involved in the, the, these rule things because you have to – first of all, the refs at the beginning of the year – the refs have not been good all year, and I'm trying to stay off of it as much as I can because I know in Illinois we have a uh, ref shortage. I know in the NFL they're struggling because these rules change all the time, and they've got to please – their bosses and then the bosses they're they're making dumb decisions they're trying to make it to to the fans but what about getting NFL players involved and talking about these rules and everything else there's some rules that are okay this one now again there's just I think it just depends standing over them and looking at them spitting at them or whatever yeah you could call something like that necessarily a taunting call maybe it's a personal foul maybe it's whatever whatever the case might be that's what you call but when you make a big tackle, I think people like to see tackles, and they do some type of celebration. Maybe they do do a little stare down. That stare down does nothing, okay, unless you don't have thick skin. If you don't have thick skin and you're getting stared at, yeah, it's going to get them involved. But that's another thing. You're trying to get into that person's head when you're a player. Part of being the player is, okay, we always say this to the players, like especially in football or basketball, like the moment that other person – 
starts losing it or you start to see weakness. It, it's like you sm you're a shark smelling blood in the water, so you know, like, hey, that guy, that guy's mentally weak. So when I stare at him after a play, you know, not over him, but when I stare at him, yeah, I got him. I got him. You tell the coach, like, hey, we're going to, you know, on defense, we need to really uh, go after that guy. On offense, like, hey, we need to throw it to – to Mooney because that guy right there guarding him has lost it. He's he's mentally just not there. He's just mentally not able to handle it. Things like that. So to Marsh to tackle, he just stands there and stares. All he did was stand there and stare. Now you got your ESPN you know people that are really smart, you know, saying like, yeah, well, I mean, technically that is a well, first of all, they say you should never have done that. Don't put your team in that situation. And I see where they're coming from. Like, okay, you, you should know the taunting rule because we've seen it all year. It's stupid, but we see what's happening. So when you do that, you should think that's a taunting call. Well, when the emotions are going, no. So they're trying to take this emotion out of the game. It's just, hey, just line up and play and hit and then have no emotion, blah, blah. And they're saying, no, we want emotion, but it's going to be hard to have emotion when you don't know it's going to be a taunting call or not. And so this one, Marsh, has a taunting call. Well, then you see the ref. I don't even. I don't even want to look up the ref's name because he should just be gone. I don't even give a rat's ass. Stand there with his hand on the flag, just looking at him. Now, I think he did that because he wants to see if it's going to be a taunting call. He's thinking about calling it to be a taunting call. Well, then Marsh is running off. The ref literally sticks in to hit him, throws the flag, and if you've seen on Barstool, he's just holding it like a follow through, like a shot. Is just like, uh, got it. And he stands there. Looking at it like, yeah, this game's gonna be about me. The fans are gonna know who I am. I'm gonna be talked about on uh, ESPN. Yeah, I'm gonna be talked about by Stephen A. Smith. But God, I hope Dick Wright doesn't talk about me on Fox because he's an idiot. Like that type of thing. The refs are a huge importance to the games. Of basketball and football. Huge. The game does not happen without refs. Obviously. The refs are very important. We have to take care of them. That's why at the high school level we have the shortage. It's be One, it's because I know high school in Illinois don't have all these crazy rules. But there's a lot of rules going on. There's a lot of stuff you got to know. And then you got to deal with sometimes players saying something. So I always tell the players, if you talk to a ref, you're going to come off and talk to me because you don't talk to them unless you're asking them a question. And that's fine. But it better be a question of like, hey, I know in basketball, like, hey, I know that you called an offensive foul on me when I said a pick. You know, how do I fix it? Like that type of thing. And we always tell them, that's fine if it has to happen. Now, the first thing is don't talk to the ref. That's the coach's job. Football, we say don't even talk to them unless the ref comes up to talk to you and you, you have a question and you continue the conversation. Never talk to the ref. But then it's because you have coaches yelling at them. Now, have I said something to a ref? No, absolutely. But I knew, but I know sometimes it was like, oh, did you not see that holding call? Like it was one of those hit or miss things. The only time I've said anything to the ref now is something something overall, like the sideline warning we said problems we had in Illinois. And if you're an Illinois coach, listen to this. I don't know if you had the same type of sideline problems that we had, but stuff like that. But then you got to deal with parents yelling at you. And then after the game, you've got this, you've got that. So it's just a tough job. And that's why, you you know, a couple of years ago when the NFL refs had their lockout, you know, they wanted way more money to deal with this. And I cannot blame them. They needed to have the money to deal with, to make more money to deal with all of this. And you've got people not coming into ref anymore in Illinois. We're trying to push people to do it. But it is a tough job. So as a collective, we have to do this. But 
The game is not about you, and I'm sorry, yeah, you're out there. We know who you are when you ref enough. We're going to know who you are when you ref a good game. Like when when there is a blatant holding call and you call it, yeah, it's a good call. When it is a blatant offensive pass interference, defensive pass interference, it's a great call. And yeah, NFL refs need to get paid a lot of money. I think college refs need to get paid a lot of money. Now, high school, it's hard to pay them a lot of money because the high school's got to have the money to do it. But if we can pay the refs in Illinois or everywhere more money, yeah, do it because they deserve it, and especially when they do good. Now, in the NFL, there's a lot of pressure. There's a ton of rules. So I think the refs, you know, their, their union or whoever need to sit down with the NFL and say, look, you got all these freaking rules that we can't keep up with. Uh, you've got people getting mad at us. We got these rules that we are having a hard time interpreting it because we're humans. They've got to change it all. But at the same time, the game is not about you, man. The, the fans are paying money to watch their players. Not saying you ignore the rules you have, but man, you made it about you when you have these many bad missed calls. When you're when it's plainly obvious, like Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Because you're not supposed to touch the ref, and I get it, but all that guy did was turn and run, and he was going to run right around you. And you stick your butt out and touch him. Like, like, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, the game is not about you, man. People pay money to watch their team and to watch these guys that are making millions of dollars, you know, play. So the, the this is a problem. The refs, you know, are starting to make it about them. And I don't know if it's because they're just tired of it and say, you know what, you're going to feel me today, man. You're going to learn today. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And then it's such a play, like it's so bad. And then I want that ref to be fined. I want him to be punished, but it's like you can't because you got to be nice to the refs. It's just a weird situation to be in. And we got to be nice to the refs, guys. We all have to be pretty nice to the refs. So please join me in being nice to them. But man, it's hard to be nice to them when you watch that shit. Like, come on. It's just bad. Uh, and, you know, so I mean. The overall performance of the Bears got better in the second half. Then they got overshot, but all these these penalties. And so it makes you wonder, like, did somebody on the Bears piss him off? Do they want Big Ben to look good? Like, all those stuff start to come around. Did these refs have a different agenda? Because you've seen, like, way back in the NBA when you had the betting scandals and everything else. So it's just, yeah, it, I'm telling you, that follow-through just pissed me off. Everybody's like, hey, everybody look. And I'm glad Barstool put it out there. But... It's bad, and it makes it's so bad. You know, all of these calls are just bad, and the taunting rule thing needs to go. I think they need to sit down with NFL players and say, "Okay, we really don't like this, this, or this." And the players can come back and say, "Well, that's really not taunting. It doesn't bother us." For me personally, when you tackle somebody, it's one thing to tackle somebody, and as you're getting up, you kind of look over and you're getting off. As you're moving along, 
when you stare over them and you're spitting at them and you're saying whatever, yeah, that's taunting. When you run over to the sideline and you're saying stuff, yeah. But the stare down, I mean, that's not taunting. That's trying to get inside their minds. The celebration after a big hit doesn't need to be taunting. Because to me, if that's taunting, and I even I like Aaron Rodgers until he plays the Bears. I like Aaron Rodgers. When he scored against the Bears and he's looking at the fans saying, I own you and this and that, and he's celebrating, throwing the football up, shouldn't that be taunting then? And it needs to be consistent. I know it's a new rule. And I know the NFL is probably like, hey, you know, we do this for this season and then going into next season, people are going to forget about it and it's going to get better. The kinks are going to be out. It's a new rule. Well, one, it's a stupid rule. So you get paid all this money, Roger Goodell, and your NFL committee to do this thing. Well, you need to bring NFL players. Bring in former NFL players, for God's sakes, instead of current ones. Maybe bring former ones in and say, listen, this is the rule. What do you guys think? You know, you guys played the game. They're going to tell you. Okay, they're going to tell you. So this way, we don't have to listen to the stupid analysts at ESPN and Fox and all that and give their opinions like the Nick Wrights of the world and now Stephen A. Smith's of the world, like all that type of stuff. We don't really need to be hearing the, all the stuff, whatever, saying how the ref is right, this taunting rule is right, whatever. Shut the hell up. We all know that it's it's bad. Quit pleasing the quote-unquote bosses and the people. Say the actual truth instead of pleasing one side or the other. Just say the rules, damn it. So anyway, the Bears play a lot better in the second half. Now, going forward, they are in a bye week, thank God. Going into the future, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we don't need to talk too much about the future. Everybody already knows we need a new head coach. We need to keep laser play calling. Matt Nagy needs to stay out of the offensive play calling. We don't really, uh, don't really need to be keeping him around the offense at all. But going forward on the bear schedule here, you know, they get a bye week. Then they have to come back on the 21st and play the Ravens. Now, Beginning of you're going into this, you start to say, oh, my God, like, we got to play the Ravens. Well, we have a week to get our defense healthy. That's the thing about our defense. It scares me with, with the run game here and Lamar Jackson taking off. I mean, the Ravens are not exactly what they were. They're not – I thought they were going to be this monstrous team. Well, they've lost a couple of games they, they should not have lost to either, but they come back and they play the Ravens. So going forward, you know, they've got to get healthy. Justin Fields has got to continue just to take steps forward. I think we have to get Herbert more involved in the run game along with um, Montgomery. Montgomery's going to be the guy. I'm not sitting here saying Herbert needs to be the guy. Montgomery needs to be the guy. So any rumors that were had about trading him need to go away. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at the Ravens. They've won a lot of games. But they lose to, like, the Raiders. They lose to the Bengals. The Bengals are playing better. Then you lose to the Dolphins. So, I mean, they're still a good team. So they're going to come in motivated to play this game. Um, but going forward, I think you need to have fun formations, fun plays with Herbert and Montgomery in there, with the wide receivers we have, with an athletic quarterback like Justin Fields. He's just got to take a step forward. Matt Nagy needs to keep his nose out of the offense, and then we need to get a different head coach. If we continue this, because right now, like, we fired Lovey Smith when he was 10-6. and six. Well, right now we're 3-6. and six. Do you think we're going to go on and win 10, win, get 10 wins here, and we're going to keep them? Like, it needs to happen here soon, if not right after the season. Like, the day after the season's over, get rid of Matt Nagy. We need to find someone else. Bring in, like, a Doug Peterson who has this offensive mind um, who can work with with Justin Fields and whoever we bring in. Like, just we got to bring somebody like that in. If Sean Payton leaves um, New Orleans, if something happens, bring him in. Uh, just somebody, and I know people want a younger coach. I would like to have a Doug Peterson who's won a Super Bowl. I'd like a Sean Payton who's won a Super Bowl offensive minds. But that needs to happen. But going forward for this year, because I don't see them firing him, you know, you've got the Ravens. It's going to be a tough game. 
don't even know if we win that game. Well, then you got the Lions. I am afraid that if the Lions don't win a game by then, that this would be the one the Lions win, which gives me to get the Ravens, Lions, uh, Cardinals, who are playing better. Packers, Aaron Rodgers will be back by that time, and we know what they are. The Vikings are hit or miss. They're really good, really bad. If Then we have to go to the Seahawks in December, and if Russell Wilson, he's going to play, and he'll be more healthy by then. That's going to be tough. Giants at home. Giants play very tough. Um, you know, again, they're hit or miss, and then we end with the Vikings. And so, you know, the playoffs are probably out of the picture, but we do have a decently tough schedule, and then a lot of toss-ups. You know, are the Lions going to play better? Are those two Vikings games? Which Vikings team is going to show up? Which New York Giants team is going to show up? So, if Matt Nagy allows Laser to do what he does, stay away from the play calling, stay away from the offense, um, I think you'll be okay. And laser decal offense, Matt Nagy just kind of be the CEO. That would, if he would have done that two years ago, I think we would have been fine. I think we would have won some games here, but you know, he it goes through him. He's the head coach. But going forward, that's what the Bears need to do. But thank God they get a week off because one, we don't have to see it right now. And then two, they get time to recover. They get time to try to get healthy because Justin Fields is banged up. Defense is banged up. Allows the offensive line to relax a little bit because they are an older offensive line. So we need this this bye week. Just a couple of quick topics. Again, I may not make it the full hour here on the show for the Billy pregame. We're going to look at just other topics that I've had, and then we'll go through my week 10 picks. Can't believe we're week week 10 in the NFL. Um, a couple things. Cam Newton's going home to Carolina. Um, people are really jumping on about that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. They're having quarterback issues, they're having injury issues, and so Cam Newton's sitting out there, you know, whatever his status is, they're gonna bring him in now. I don't know, I don't know the full extent of it. I think they're gonna pay him like ten million dollars or six, seven million dollars. I don't know if they'll keep him after this year, but they're bringing him in just because they're having quarterback issues. They're you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on there. Matt Rule was not, you know, he's there now. He kind of wants Cam Newton there. I think he's gonna play today. I mean, he brings a thing to the table. He has experience. He understands how to read a defense. You know, he is athletic, but he is older. So the people are really jumping on this. It's a cool thing to go home, back to the team you were there. Does this make them hugely competitive? No, I think it's going to be exactly the same. No offense to Cam Newton. Has not played for a while. Um, So people think he's going to be healthy and true. He's been working out. But, again, these are the type of things like – just because you're working out doesn't mean you're in full NFL mode. So just to come in and immediately play, I have questions on that. This does not make them. This does not make them right now more, way more competitive than they were. It makes them a little bit, gives them a little spark. He's going to bring a little spark. He's going to bring a little swagger and everything else. This does not make them a real contender. Does not make them a hugely playoff contender. Does not make them a deep run playoff Super Bowl contender whatsoever. Um, you know, they've kind of fallen off. The defense got to get better. Um, McCaffrey's got to be healthy. Uh, but it does give you that other element. But he is not the same runner he was. So people are blowing up about this. That's fine. It's great to be excited. People like Cam Newton, you know, it's very exciting. I'm just not 100% seeing what exactly is going to happen with him. Does it, is he going to throw for 300 yards? No. Is he going to take off a run for 200 yards? No. Now, he does give that threat. You know, as long as he does the short passes, he can run kind of like Justin Fields, but he's not the same. But, I mean, it's exciting. You know, they might win some games with him. Um, when they're all healthy, he'll be a backup probably again, but that's a good backup to have. Um, does the right things. Wants to play, wants to be competitive, but he's not in NFL shape. I don't even know the last time he played. It's been a few weeks, possibly. So we'll see what happens, but it is an exciting story thing to go home to, um, have Cam Newton come back. 
the big story outside of that was um, Odell Beckham Jr. and the Brown scenario they've been working on for a while here for days, week, two weeks, whatever, to get him to restructure to where he can be a free agent to get out of Cleveland and go where he wants to go. They finally got it done. They restructured contracts. They made him a free agent. And then when he was coming out, he said he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender, which whatever, easy way out. So, you know, they talked about the Packers. They talked about the Saints. And people kept saying the Saints. I was like, Super Bowl contender, why would you go to the Saints? I know Packers were pretty high up on the list. I thought about I heard the pa- the Patriots. And then they wanted – talk about Tampa Bay. And if you went to Tampa Bay, the world was going to blow up. But Bruce Arians said – OBJ, too many layers. I have AB already, which was hilarious. I would love to talk to Bruce Arians one day here on the podcast one day. That'd be great. If anybody can help that, that'd be fantastic. But he ended up signing with the Rams. Um, so we, before we dive into him signing in with the Rams, the whole t-shirt thing of free OBJ was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen because this is not, the NFL is not a prison. People can think it's a prison because of these rule changes, but when you look at the way they they treat you, I understand like, oh my god, we can't wear these cleats, we can't do this, we can't do that. I understand that. But from the overall big picture of you choose, it's a job. You choose to go work there and you get paid millions of dollars to do that. So this t-shirt of free OBJ and all that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. We don't need to see that. Like, shut up. Just shut up with the free OBJ. He was not in prison. He was not wrongly accused of something and is in jail. He chose to play at Cleveland. You know, like he could have tried to get out. Maybe he could have said he wanted to trade. Got out before he wanted to play there. So I don't want to hear the free OBJ. And the Browns played better without him. The Browns may be a better team without OBJ. What's the common thing here? He was at the Giants. They do okay at some points, and then he complains a lot about the quarterback playing once out, goes to Cleveland. There's times they do well. They did well last year. I thought they started off the year well, and then just some, some injuries have happened. He's been hurt. Then he comes out and complains about the quarterback play. He comes out and complains he's not getting enough throws to. And then he leaves. The Browns look more comfortable, maybe because they don't have to deal with OBJ complaining about getting the ball thrown to him too. Baker Mayfield played better. Uh, the Browns just looked way better. So I think OBJ's probably the, what's the common thing here? He's probably the problem because he wants the football. Yeah, you're the guy. You want the ball. I understand. But you got to be a good teammate too. And you can't complain about the quarterback play when Baker Mayfield's been unhealthy. And then OBJ, you've been, you haven't been healthy. So what right do you have to complain about things because you have not been healthy? So shut the hell up and play. And this is not a political thing, you know, I don't want to get it twisted, you know, with the shut up and dribble. No, shut up and play the game. Maybe pick up the quarterback. Don't, and then you're, I know you can't control being healthy, unhealthy and all that stuff. But when you're unhealthy and you complain about not getting the ball, shut the hell up. So the free OBJ thing was stupid. It was one of the stupidest things that I put out there. I said, can we stop with the free OBJ? I understand, like, you should be able to pick and choose where you go. But when you sign a contract that says so many years. In the NFL, and things are different than other jobs. Like other jobs, you could get hired and then go interview for another job and say, okay, I want out and everything else. And I understand maybe the NFL needs to do something like that, but then you're going to have guys leaving left and right. Like sports is just way different. So when you sign a contract, you're going to be there for three years or however many years, and you're making millions of dollars, 
yeah, you you should. Some people think you should honor the whole contract and not be traded and do this and do that. So this free OBJ thing was stupid. Just stop with the T-shirts. What's the common theme here when he was at the Giants? Now, I know the Giants haven't won much since he left, but the Browns looked better without him. So I'm curious. I'm going to be rooting for the Browns uh, to win every freaking game without him now. Like, because he complained a lot. He wants the ball the time. What have you done since he got there? Now, he'll say it's because of quarterback play. The Browns have not exactly done. They're 5-4 and four right now. They're third in the AFC North. I mean, you lose to the Chiefs where you could have beat them. You win against the Texans. You beat the Bears. You beat the Vikings. And then, then, the, then they start to become unhealthy. You know, you lose to the Chargers in a close game. Cardinals, you lose. Broncos, you win. Steelers, you lose a close one. But everybody's got to be healthy. And then you beat the Bengals who are playing pretty well. Without OBJ, you win 41-16. Now you got a big one against the Patriots. I think there might be more free flowing. Like they're not going to be like, oh my God, we got OBJ. What's he going to say? You know, he's got to be the guy. I think they're going to play a lot better. Now he's on the Rams. The Rams have traded every single draft pick that they have to win right now for this year and probably next year. And then they got no draft picks. So sometimes too much firepower is a bad thing. Now, Tampa Bay kind of proved us wrong because they go win the Super Bowl. With all the firepower they have. The last time we saw this huge super firepower was uh, with Tom Brady and the Patriots, and we saw that happen. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They have a lot of firepower over there at the Rams, and they're they're coming in to win now. But the problem is, Sean McVay's now got to figure out how do I get everybody the ball. But this is huge for the Rams. Don't get me wrong. OBJ's talent is fantastic. But... Hopefully, he doesn't come in and stir the pot and say, I need to get the football. Hopefully, they had that conversation. I hope they had that conversation and say, listen, you're going to run the offense. We're going to run. If you get the ball, you get the ball. You get open, you get open. You know, Matthew Stafford's going to do that. They have to respect OBJ, you know, deep down the field. But one, he's got to be healthy. Two, I just hope it doesn't destroy the locker room. So we're going to see what happens with that. But the free OBJ thing OBJ thing was stupid. Um, we're going to see what happens with the Rams. They're going to be a team to contend with right now for sure. They want to win the Super Bowl now. And if they can keep those guys for another year and try to win again next year. So it may come down to the Rams, Tampa Bay. But sometimes too much firepower is not like too much big time name stars like that is a bad thing. So it's going to be very curious to see what happens with with the Rams, but he's now with the Rams. We're going to see maybe he's going to destroy the locker room from inside out. He's a rotten apple that destroys the rest of the apples, and we saw it with with the Giants, and we saw it with Cleveland. I'm going to root for Cleveland from here on out after that. I hope they play more free-flowing and a lot better from here on out. Um, But now he's with the Rams. We're going to see what happens. They're going to be a team to contend with this year, and it's going to be – I can't believe – can't believe like Tampa Bay and them have this firepower – um, you know, I was rooting for the Rams. Now that he's there, I don't even like not rooting, rooting, you know, because I'm a Bears fan, but like you, you, you'd like to watch him. You're like, oh my God, like this is a really cool team to watch. Um, and you kind of want them to win for Matthew. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he deserves a ring, but now with OBJ, it's hard to tell. But yeah, he's with the Rams. He might destroy the team with inside out. We'll see. All right. Now we're going to get into, uh, my picks. We're already in NFL Week 10, which is which is absolutely crazy. Um, so we're going to go look at this Week 10 schedule. Now, I had picked Baltimore to win ahead of time. They did not win, so I admit that right here and now that that was wrong. So I admit that to you. 
Uh, we got Atlanta traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys have been banged up. But no matter how much they're banged up, Atlanta is not playing well whatsoever. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. New Orleans Saints will travel to the Tennessee Titans, who have played a lot better. Their defense has stepped up. And every time I bet against anything with Tennessee or something, it goes wrong. So I'm going to go with Tennessee. They're playing a lot better. Jacksonville surprised a lot of us by winning some of the games they have won. They travel to hopefully healed ankles, Colt, um, Carson Wentz, and the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think Jacksonville continues to ride high on this. Um, and, and the Colts' place in Indianapolis is a tough place to play, so I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts. Cleveland does travel to New England. And so with this game, it is very tough for me because uh, – the Patriots have played a lot better, but again, Cleveland's going to play free-flowing here, so I am going with Cleveland. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be an exciting game, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think OBJ off their back. They're going to play a lot better. Buffalo coming off a surprising loss last week, and now they go to the New York Jets, who may be moving on from their first-round pick, their very first pick of the quarterback and playing a different quarterback, which is shocking. Uh, so everything going on there, we'll see New York might have some new life with their new quarterback, but it's Buffalo. I think Buffalo's going to be pissed off about the loss they've had to Jacksonville. And so they're going to come in and win in New York. Detroit's trying to find a win. You want MCDC to get the win. You want to root for them. They're traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their you know close win against the Bears. And this is going to be a hard-hitting game, but I think Pittsburgh does have other athletes that Detroit just can't keep up with. So I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And every time I pick Detroit to win... They do not win, so maybe it's me. Tampa Bay travels to the Washington football team. There's no surprise here. Tampa Bay is going to win over the football team. Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton travels to Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. Cam Newton is not going to bring the – he's going to have – it's going to be exciting to have him out there if he plays and everything else. Arizona is just a different animal right now, playing a lot better. So I'm going to go with Arizona. Minnesota travels to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh Shout out to Colorcast and Kelsey. I did win. I don't have it on. I won a Justin Herbert Chargers jersey. So you betcha tomorrow I'll be wearing my Justin Herbert jersey. And so because of that, I will be picking the Chargers. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Denver, who have a better defense. I know they don't have the exact same thing. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. To play at Denver is tough. But Philadelphia, they're going to figure out their offense and, and everything else. Denver is always hit or miss, but I'm going to go with Denver. I think being at home is going to help them tremendously. Uh, Big-time game here, Russell Wilson traveling to Green Bay. I do believe they're not going to have Aaron Rodgers still, so because they don't have Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson's going to be playing. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a close game, but without Aaron Rodgers and, that and everything, I think Seattle's going to pull out the win. Kansas City travels to the Las Vegas Raiders. Kansas City is hit or miss right now, and the Raiders are playing – you know, hit or miss as well. So this might be an upset because the Kansas City Chiefs almost didn't beat a Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers. Now you guessed it. I am going with the Raiders to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Then on Monday Night Football, the new Los Angeles Rams with OBJ coming in with that offense, traveling to play Jimmy G in the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. I'm sorry, Jimmy G and EIU. You're going to have to go with the Rams. I would have picked the Rams without OBJ. Now, if the San Francisco 49ers win and, and OBJ doesn't get catches if he plays, 
watch out. I'm telling you, the turmoil in that locker room is going to be real. It's going to be real. So there are my picks that you can go and make with the my bookie uh, fantasy belly up fantasy code and all that good stuff. So there's my Chicago Bears game, my NFL one. You know, no, no Chicago Bears uh, playing this week to get a bye week and all that. So um, thank you for listening. If you listen to the auto version, thank you for listening. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Go check out Belly Up Fantasy or the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Um, the video version. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel and everything else. Again. If you're watching the video version on Sundays, we are doing uh, the Belly Up pregame on Sunday. We have, you know, different shows. We have um, different things going on here. Um, we're going to find the schedule. But, you know, T- TSS Fantasy um, opened up for me, and then I followed them right after. Um, if you guys stay tuned on the video version here in a couple minutes, uh, you're going to get fourth and four. With uh, Zach Kalman that's been on here a couple times for the Bears and is going to be on here for the Bears a couple times. Um, uh, and then you have different shows coming on up after that if you're watching the video version. Audio version, you got to go find it. But for the audio version purposes, thank you guys so much for listening to the audio version of this. Um, so always start your Sundays off with the Belly Up pregame from Belly Up Sports. We're going to get the schedule up here in just a hot second. You know, technology is great when it works. So let's get the schedule up for everybody on the video version. So you start off your morning TSS Fantasy. You have my Bears pregame with me coming up here at 10 Eastern Time, 9 Central Time, 4th and 4. Then at 11 Eastern Time, 10 Central Time, Rough Cut Sportscast. And then at 12 Eastern Time, 11 Central Time, you have MD's Fantasy Football. Start your Sundays, belly up, pregame, every Sunday, live videos, every single Sunday, leading up to the noon kickoff for the Central Time anyway. Um, Eastern Time 1, crazy times. But Central Time leading up to that, uh, so start your Sundays uh, with your belly up pregame um, here in a couple minutes. If you guys stay tuned on the belly up fantasy Facebook page, Twitter page, if you stay here tuned for a couple minutes on the video version, you are going to get fourth and four with Zach Kyle, Men, Kelsey, and DJ, and the crew audio version. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and hopefully, like Matt Nagy with the Chicago Bears, we are gone.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.